Validation at its core is communicating to somebody that their internal experiences make sense, that their emotions are understandable and valid. <laughs> and a lot of times when we're having an emotional reaction to something that other people aren't, it can feel really invalidating, like you're saying, because it's like, well, what's wrong with me that I'm upset about this thing that's not bothering anybody else? That is something I used to ask myself my whole life. What's wrong with me? Why am I upset about this? And when I learned to validate myself and others around me, I stopped asking those questions. I stopped doubting myself. I learned to navigate conflict a lot better. My compassion for myself and other people grew. So Dr. Kiki Failing and I are gonna teach you about the six steps of validation in DBT. Are you ready? Let's go. here with Dr. Kiki Failing, and I have wanted to talk to Kiki for so long, but she was on a boat. <laughs> now we're here, and I wanted to talk to Kiki about the steps of validation, specifically in DBT. Before we start, I just want to get to know Kiki a little bit more. So who is Dr. Kiki? What is your background? <laughs> yeah, um, you can definitely just call me Kiki if you'd like. And, but I am a clinical psychologist, so I earned my PhD in clinical psychology from Rutgers University um, a few years ago. And after graduating, I worked as a therapist in Manhattan, specializing in dialectical behavior therapy or DBT. And both my clinical work and my research have really revolved around figuring out why folks engage in self-harm and suicide and helping people kind of cope with really intense emotions. A big part of my work also has to do with LGBTQ mental health, the intersection between emotional sensitivity and self-harm and difficulties with emotions in that, in that population. But as you said, I've been on a boat <laughs> and I took a year off from being a therapist and I'm slowly getting back in, not practicing yet, but uh, trying to spread the good word, if you will, of DBT because I have found it to be so incredibly personally useful and have seen it save the lives of a number of my clients that I want to make it more accessible. DBT is a really powerful thing. So I think that's kind of who I am right now, at least. Love. Yeah. Uh, what made me want to talk to you is you started making content on TikTok and I have found your content to be really helpful. I didn't know that there were steps to validation. I just like, people have told me that yeah. I'm a very validating person. Um, and I think having done some DBT and like gone to therapy, it, it plays a part in that. It's helped me build my compassion for other people. I just don't know the steps to validation when it comes to DBT. And I found that your explanation, your takes on it, your content about it has been really helpful for me personally. And I think it'd be really good to, like you said, spread the good word. For sure. Validation is always taught in DBT groups, 
because it's like the V and the Give Skills, one of the acronyms for interpersonal effectiveness skills. But it's, in my experience, it's not always that folks teach the six levels and like really dive into the details about how to do it, like you're saying. So it's a thing that can be missed for some folks. But it is, like, I think I said this in my video, um, it can feel like a superpower sometime, like how to validate other people. It's so effective for reducing conflict, de-escalating conflict, and, and also like helping other people regulate their emotions. But then learning how to self-validate is equally as important of like all the same skills we can use for both validating others and validating ourselves. So yeah, incredibly useful for any human who experiences emotions, which is everybody. <laughs> Everything you said, it's, you nailed it. So I wanted to know if you wanted to go over and kind of dive into the steps of validation with me today. Totally. Um, okay, so in DBT, at least, obviously, so validation has been talked about in a, a ton of different therapies, and there are a number of different ways to approach this on a personal level, but also like a, a clinical level. Um, but in DBT, we think about there being six levels. All six of the levels you can use at any time, together, not together. It's not like you have to use all six, but they're like all options for you. So the first level of uh, DBT levels of validation is what we call pay attention. And so this is the first one because it is the most basic one that... I, yeah, probably all of the other ones rely upon or put their foundation on. So within conversation with somebody else, it's giving them space. It's giving them your attention. It's letting them feel heard by listening to them, right? So this is literally uh, like just making eye contact or putting your phone away or things like that. Obviously, that what I just said and the way that... DBT levels of validation have been taught historically is very neurotypical. So if, you have, um, if you're an autistic person or you have ADHD, maybe your paying attention is going to look a little bit different. But the idea is whatever it means to you. And as long as the other person understands, like, how do you pay attention? It's being there, being interested, looking interested, giving them space and time to talk about or feel their inner experiences. So like definitely not interrupting. I have an issue with interrupting sometimes. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Even yeah. that is tough because so often we may interrupt by being, saying something like, oh yeah, me too. Or like, oh my God. Or like, we're kind yes. of getting into it with them emotionally. And so depending on the person that might feel very supportive, but then for other people, that's going to feel interrupting in a disruptive way. So again, it's really going to depend on your neurotype maybe, or your culture, like how you grew up in your family and how the other person grew up in their family. But interrupting in a sense of like changing the topic, definitely not validating. Mm -hmm. When you don't really think about it too much, it sounds like, oh, well, obviously, like it's so easy to pay attention. But for me, when I'm in a conflict and I'm trying to hear the other person and this person means a lot to me and I have this fear come up like I, I have this fear of losing them come up or or it's hard for me to tolerate their difficult emotions as well as my own it's actually like mm -hmm. I end up not being present and so like I've had to build kind of mindfulness skills pretty much to be able to actually like properly show up 
and and listen and pay attention and like actively listen right like um totally. and i i thought like oh yeah listening is so easy it was not i've i've really had to practice and then then you get the hang of it but it's easier said than done for sure with emotionally vulnerable people like myself. I, I think you you nailed it. That's a really good point. I think listening in a way that allows the other person to be heard takes practice. And I do think you hit on an important point that if somebody's experiences are evoking emotions in you, right? A lot of times sharing that can be validating, especially if they're in agreement with the other person's emotion, like you feel sad, I feel sad, that feels like we're coming together and feeling the person feels understood. And if my emotions get to the point where I'm like getting dysregulated, where I'm distracted by my internal experiences, or I'm thinking about my past experience or something like that, I think that is a cue to kind of even tell the person and being like, wow, this is so stressful, this is so sad, this is so whatever. I'm feeling this. I can only imagine how you're feeling it. I want to listen for you, but like, can I take a, I need a break to like cope for a moment and bring myself to a place where I can listen. Um, even what I just said kind of involved other levels of validation, but that is something that you can do if you're, if you're an emotionally sensitive person that responds and feels what other people are feeling. And then we have other levels. So what, what, what would be level two? Level two is um, kind of a more stereotypical like therapist speak that people think about, I would say. True. It's called reflecting back. Yeah, it's called reflecting back. And to reflect back, often what we're doing is just giving back the words that we are hearing the other person saying. So if you hear someone say, oh my God, my roommate did X, Y, or Z, and I'm so pissed. Reflecting back would look like, oh my God, you're pissed. <laughs> or like, oh, that's so frustrating. Um, oh, okay. I guess that's a little bit different. But you're like giving back the specific type of emotion words that they're offering to you. Um, you definitely want to like reduce judgments in this and keep it really fact-based and just repeat back and put words to their experience the way that they are putting words onto their experience. I don't, I didn't even realize I do this, but my go-to line is like, so what I'm hearing is, and then I say uh -huh. kind of like, so what I'm hearing is you're really pissed off at your roommate because she didn't clean the pizza pan and now it's yep. rusted. Real life example. Yep roommates have pissed me off so much anyway um, so what i'm hearing is yes that's that would definitely be level two and I, I i always like mention it's like the stereotypical therapist speak because i will say some people hate hearing things like that it's like yes that's what i said <laughs> um but some people love it right it's just like you are you're directly communicating i'm listening to you so intently that i can tell you what you just told me so that's level two i think it's i think it's helpful like when I was starting to learn how to do that, I would kind of use therapy speak, but now it's it's a lot easier to match someone's energy, right? Like if I'm with a, with like my brother, for example, I'd be like, "Yo, dude, I totally hear you. That sounds messed up." Um, but I'm not gonna yeah. say to my brother like, "You know, I'm I'm really hearing that uh, you're feeling a little bit of anxiety." around this okay we can sit with that like i'm not gonna yeah, do exactly. that with my brother 
Um, Where do you feel that in your body? (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god. So that's level two. So then we're off into level three. I, I'm honestly, I'm going into this blindly. Like my game designer brain is like, okay, level three. It's gonna get hard. <laughs> it's gonna get like, it's gonna throw a wrench into things. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's funny. Level three is definitely the trickier um, level, uh, or we're getting more complicated. But level three can be really tough for folks because level three is what we call reading minds, and. It's worth saying immediately that so often in DBT and CBT, we tell people not to read minds, right? Like one of the quote, cognitive distortions is mind reading, right? So (laughs) we are explicitly asking you not to do something or to do something that normally we tell you not to do. And the reason why we are suggesting you do this here in level three is because, I mean, we can all relate to this when we're complaining about the roommate and we actually haven't said how we're feeling. And then the other person says, that is so annoying. Oh, just like hits. It feels so good. It's like, oh, I didn't even tell you I was pissed. And you get it. So that's what level three is. Trying to put words onto the person's experience that they haven't actually said out loud yet. Okay, yeah. I didn't even know that this was a thing. Because I've been taught, like, don't do that. Yeah, I will say that reading minds is also a skill, kind of like listening and paying attention the way we talked about. And so if you are not used to doing this, or you've been given feedback in the past that maybe you're not the best at reading minds, um, because it is a skill, uh, the place to start is to rather than say like, oh, that's so annoying, or like, oh my god, you must be pissed, putting it more as a question of like, oh my gosh, is that, is that super annoying? I like, I might, I would be annoyed. Is that annoying you? Like phrasing it as a question or like a gentle suggestion so that the person can correct you. And then it's not going to feel as invalidating and you'll get some like further feedback of they'll be able to say like, well, no, it's not annoying. It's whatever it is. Or like, yes, it's so annoying. Exactly. And you can learn that way too. I I used (laughs) to do this a lot in customer service. Um, this is really helpful when they come to me in, mm. with a complaint and then mm-hmm. I hear them and then, you know, I say, what I'm hearing is you're really frustrated that like this was missing from your order. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm really frustrated. I'm like, that is really frustrating. I would be pissed too, because I paid for mm-hmm. that. I, you know, if you paid for that, you should get it. And they're like, yeah, 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 I should get it. I pay for it. And then like, <laughs> boom, de-escalated. De-escalated. Yeah. Their, their, their swords are up. And then as soon as you delve into that, swords down. Swords down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a great example of both level two and level three of you like repeating back what they said. And then adding on like, oh, yeah, that is frustrating. Like if I were in your shoes, I'd be thinking this. And it immediately gets you on the same team, which is where the de-escalation comes from. What does level four have in store for us? Level four is called understanding. And I will say level four and level five are two of my favorites because they kind of have the biggest bang for your buck in some ways. And level four is communicating to the person that you understand why they're feeling what they're feeling. So specifically in the context of 
what do you know about them that makes it make perfect sense that they're having the reaction that they're having given what's going on in this moment, trying to communicate, you understand the causes for their emotion. So someone who has, um, if you have people feel very differently about how, about going home for the holidays with their families. And so for some people going home might be super stressful. They might be super anxious uh, because their family has been super judgmental in the past. Well, you maybe have a very accepting family. So going home for Thanksgiving doesn't feel particularly emotionally evocative. Level four validation is saying like, well, of course you feel scared to go home because your parents have judged you in the past, right? So it's communicating not like everyone would feel this way, but of course you feel this way given what you've been through. I realize I've learned how to do that with myself a lot. Yes. Yes. Which is super important when other people don't, I don't express my struggles a lot to other people, um, except maybe like, I don't know, like my closest, my closest. And so like, sometimes I'll be really, really struggling and people won't understand. And I have to validate myself like, okay, this particular thing isn't going to bother other people, but considering my own circumstances and what's going on around me, it makes sense Mm -hmm. that I'm feeling really, really like, like emotionally vulnerable to this particular thing. This is the reason why I'm feeling like more intensely than someone else would be. Yeah. And I think that's why I like level four and level five so much because they're the ones that I think are most powerful for self-validation as well. Validation at its core is communicating to somebody that their internal experiences make sense that their emotions are understandable and valid. (laughs) And a lot of times when we're having an emotional reaction to something that other people aren't, it can feel really invalidating, like you're saying, because it's like, well, what's wrong with me that I'm upset about this thing that's not bothering anybody else. But what's really important to know and to hold on to is the truth that all emotions are valid, not all emotions might like fit the facts, as we say in DBT, meaning like they're prompted by something in reality. But there's always a reason that we're feeling what we're feeling. And finding that like kernel of truth of the trigger or the memory or the previous experience I've had that of course I am feeling this way is what level four is about, both for self-validation or finding that for somebody else within an interpersonal context. When I talk to other people with BPD, a lot of the times they f- they do have that inner narrative of like, well, what is wrong with me? This doesn't make sense that I feel this way. And I'm like, yes, it does make sense because Always. it's your brain isn't just this random popcorn machine where your emotions are entirely random and sparked by nothing. There is always some kind of like factor that's uh, that's bringing this on and Mm -hmm. it doesn't look the same for everybody else but like your emotions are not just random and fully irrational um yeah they're they're coming from something there's something happening and it's not because there's anything wrong with you so Mm -hmm. i agree that level four wow i love level four (laughs) yes so then your other favorite is level five what's that about 
Yeah. So they're both my favorite because both level four and level five, you can narrow down to, of course, of course, you're feeling this way. Like, period. Stop. You can stop there. That's validation. Level four is, of course, you're feeling something because of all the things you've been through or something like that. Well, level five is, of course, you're feeling something because of what the current situation is. So level five is called acknowledging the valid. And it's getting at like, yeah, like most people, if not everybody, would be feeling what you're feeling going through what you're going through in this moment. So level five is communicating that, that of course you're feeling this way because of what is happening. So like pretty much like any reasonable person would feel the way you feel if they were you, if they were in your situation. Exactly. Whenever I teach these to clients or to friends, because they are personally relevant, it's like always people are like, oh, well, this makes sense on a a basic level. Like, oh, yeah, my best friend does this. My mom does this. Like, oh, I do this with my with my child. Like it kind of comes naturally with with people who are more warm or compassionate or validating. Um, And that's not to say that, like, it means you're empathetic if you can validate and not if you're not but more of like, it is a skill that isn't specific to DBT. And there are lots of ways to learn, lots of ways to learn how to do this. There's lots of ways to validate. It's just DBT has offered this like framework. If you do struggle with this being like, okay, hold on, like, let me break it down for myself before I get too dysregulated. How can I like validate this person right now? So it's just, (laughs) yeah, Marsha took some like really universal amazing thing and like made it really concrete and specific to make it easier for some people to learn and practice it's like a cheat sheet of like you know these really helpful basic skills yeah and i say really helpful basic skills but like i don't i don't want to make it feel like well if you don't know how to do this that you're dumb again like people with bpd yeah who grew up in invalidating environments we didn't learn these skills exactly so Given your circumstances, it makes sense that you don't know how to do this. And it's okay. Perfect. Yeah. Very good validation there. And exactly right. Woo! Nice. The final (laughs) step is level six. We're at the boss level. What is this about? Yeah. I think this is like one in the sense of this level, this this level is called showing equality. And you kind of want this all of the time to be most validating. And I think it's at the end because it is in some ways a boss level in that it's one of, it's the more abstract level in my experience. People are like, but what does this actually look like? Validating someone at a level six is showing equality. We also call it radical genuineness often in DBT. And what it boils down to is treating the person in front of you as an equal human being. So someone who is not below you, someone who is not above you, just like another human doing the the best that they can. And you are also another human doing the best that they can. Kind of that fundamental of DBT of like, we're we're doing the best we can. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, and we can do better, but, but we're ultimately we're doing the best we can with what we have right now. Is that, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can so one of the ways to maybe hopefully try to make this m- more concrete. One of the ways that 
DBT therapists practice this with clients is recognizing that we are both human beings doing the best we can, right? And the thing I say to my own clients when we're starting off is like, I'm an expert in DBT, but you are an expert in you. So it's going to require both of us to respect what's valid in what I know about DBT and respect what's valid in your experience about what do you know about your own emotions and experiences and how do we then bring them together to like work together in the most beneficial way for you that is validating to your experiences and giving you what you want from this therapeutic relationship. It's feeling seen. It's feeling understood. It's feeling not judged, right? Like that you are working with the other person and you both feel like you're understanding one another. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not being told what I should do or like, you know, how I should think or anything. It is like the other person trusting that I am the expert of my experiences. They're not trying to Mm -hmm. change anything about that. And they know that. And then me also trusting, like, in this case, like my psychologist, like, I, I trust that you know more about DBT than I do, for sure. And so I'm going to trust you Mm -hmm. and like, listen to what you're saying. And I also trust you because you're not talking down to me or like trying to dictate my experiences or anything like that. There's an exchange of trust pretty much. Yeah, exactly that. Before we move on, I I do think the other piece of validation that we teach that doesn't fit anywhere specifically, but I personally have often put it into level six is what we call behavioral validation. And so, so far, we've mostly been talking just about like verbal validation of like, what do I say to you and how do I say it to be validating? But there's also behavioral validation of like, my actions can communicate to you that I'm understanding you. So the really obvious and simple one is like, when you see someone crying, you offer them a tissue, right? That's behavioral validation. Um, or if you see someone struggling, like you see someone who just dropped their papers in the floor next to you, you like bend down to help them pick them up. Like it's physically responding to someone's need without them asking you for it. That's behavioral validation as well. And I view that as a part of level six of getting someone's experience so much that you know how you can help them and like correct the harm or help them feel better. Obviously also you understand them and like when they want help or they don't want help, sometimes we just want to feel, but that's what's validating too, is like hitting the mark of responding in a way that someone's like, wow, like, thank you. And that was exactly what I needed. No, I didn't even consider that. And I'm feeling a lot of emotions right now because when you talked about how like knowing when someone wants help, or like, you know, whether they don't, sometimes I don't want help. Like, as in, mm-hmm. I, my boundaries personally are, I will only accept help from people that I trust. In the past, I've had people offer help, and I've politely declined. And then they've reacted very badly to it. And it feels horrible. It's really important to know when people actually want the help or not, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to Mm -hmm. let someone 
accept it. You can't like force this help on them. A deeper, like, like a deeper level of emotional support. I, that's my boundary. I don't, I'm not comfortable accepting emotional support from someone that's outside of my Mm -hmm. inner circle. Yeah. And I think level six is really hitting that of like responding to someone's experience in a way that feels validating to them. Right. Like, so it's, there's like the golden rule of like treating others how you want to be treated, but really validation is treating others how they want to be treated with you. Like Avery, like you're saying, like maybe the response is just like sitting here validating at all of the levels without like crying for more or offering help or something like that. Well, for someone else, they might feel invalidated by not being asked more intimate questions. It's like, oh, do you not care about what I'm saying because you don't want to know the deeper issue? So it's about understanding the person and responding accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think the the very stereotypical experience comes to mind of when someone comes to you with an emotion or a stressor or a problem and all you want is to vent and to be heard. And the other person is like, oh, let's problem solve this. Let's figure this out. Like, like let me do this thing. Let me call this person for you, right? That That's them trying to behaviorally validate you by responding. But you're just like, whoa, chill the fuck out. That's like, yeah. it's invalidating. Because it's like, I'm not incompetent. I can handle this myself. I know what to do. I just wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's also a match you're looking for. Yeah, oh my God, that's seriously a big thing is like when people go into problem solving mode i get it Mm -hmm. because that for a while i would get really frustrated and be like okay stop problem solving and now i'm like okay that's the way that they have learned to cope with other people's difficult emotions i get it and also Mm -hmm. i'm good homie i'm so good i just wanted (laughs) to bitch i just we i just wanted to bitch okay exactly just i just need to I need someone to just like that I that I care about to just understand and remind me that I'm not fucking crazy. That's it. Exactly. Like, and yes. then I feel amazing. Yes. And then I can go and do the thing that I already know how to do. Exactly. And that's validating at level six because it's like you're heard, you're understood. I get you. You feel better. You can go off and solve your problems. Like that's not fragilizing. That's just being here as a human in the shit, in the pain with you. Word word love that (laughs) oh wow i feel awesome talking about validation that's great yeah me too as i said i love it now the thing with self-validation i wanted to ask you about because sometimes people aren't going to be available to help us co-regulate. And so I I know it's very important to be able to self-regulate. Um, but like objectively, like what's your take on that? Like why is it so important for us to also learn how to do these levels with ourselves? So I think one reason is what you said, which is other people aren't always going to be available. Number two is even when people are available, sometimes they miss the mark. They don't validate us. And just because they don't get it doesn't mean that it doesn't make sense the way that you reflected on so well earlier. Yeah. So learning how to validate yourself 
helps you with emotional regulation generally, but it does also help you improve relationships because you're not reliant on other people. Like, look, humans are social beings. We're meant to co-regulate. We're meant to help each other and be with each other in difficult emotions and difficult moments. And invalidation is also an inherent part of life. And so being able to like ride the waves of being invalidated by other people is a really important tool and skill for improving your mental health by like being more in charge and more in control and feeling able to handle your emotions without feeling as overwhelmed by them. Building resilience in a world that can be really invalidating. Like we live in a very imperfect world. A lot of people, I don't think there's a single person in the world that has like never been invalidated. And so I think it is. Oh, Lord, no. Yeah. Yeah. It is a major skill to be able to self-validate. I found it really hard to self-validate because I'm constantly second guessing myself and questioning like if I'm overreacting, if I'm like Mm -hmm. being irrational, how do we sort through that? Like actually really figuring out like, Mm -hmm. am I being irrational right now? Like what's going on here? Like, let's pretend that I'm just in that place, right? I'm like past Avery and I'm like, I don't know how to validate myself because every time I try, I have this like self-talk. I have this self-judgment of like, Mm -hmm. it's really internalized. It's this like shame narrative of like, I'm being irrational. What I'm feeling doesn't make sense right now. I will say the skills of self-validation are part of that so we can come back to it. But I do think that that experience of feeling so abnormal, of feeling crazy, of feeling stupid, of feeling like I'm using the judgment words on on purpose of like the thoughts that we all have in those most intense moments, sharing those and talking about them in a safe space or putting yourself in situations where you can hear other people talking about them, like what we're doing right now, right? Like having folks listen to podcasts, having them read memoirs of folks with BPD, having them watch um, like footage on YouTube or social media of people like yourself, like talking about lived experience, like being like, oh my gosh, <laughs> wait, I'm not the only one who thinks I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> like, and it's not funny because it's such a common like it's a terribly painful thought but the point is like we all think that sometimes or a lot of people do i don't know if it's everybody but it's you and i you know some and like some people realizing that oh this is just a thing that i've been taught or that has been caused in me some way some way that isn't unique to me actually and so really trying to teach ourselves about what we're going through reaching out for support finding safe spaces for folks who are more open and out about what they're dealing with so that we feel validated by hearing in others our internal experiences, right? It's kind of like mind reading level three about like, oh my God, wait, you get this. And I haven't even told anybody about it. So I do think that is an important part of finding people who can validate you beyond self-validation, even if you're not in direct conversation with them, like it's just via social media or something like that. Well, and that's why I just find social media to be amazing. You know, I know a lot of people yeah. harp on 
like TikTok, for example, or Instagram or anything like that. But I think it's a really powerful tool for that stuff. And, you know, like the emails that I've received sometimes where people do feel validated about the things, like just me talking about my experiences, it it makes it all worth it. It it makes the challenging my fear to speak online completely worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. yeah, it is, Mm -hmm. that's seriously super important. Yeah, I've had um, a similar experience of, I've not been diagnosed with BPD, but I am a very emotionally vulnerable and sensitive person, and I have struggled with depression. Um, And what I have found on social media is often some of the feedback I get are like the posts where I'm sharing about like real life use of DBT skills of when I share what I'm personally going through and how I'm coping with it, I get that positive feedback in the same way. And I think that's because I think it Brene Brown, who talks, who says, has, has, I think it's Brene, who has described shame like lives in the dark. And when we put things in the light, when we just share and put it out there, all of a sudden shame gets smaller because someone else says like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Or like, oh, that's not that bad. Don't judge yourself or whatever the feedback is, right? So I am totally with you that the more people share mental health content on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, whatever, there's some pros and cons, but the huge pro, or at least one of them, is awareness, a feeling seen of decreasing shame and judgment and stigma. So, yeah. And that's because it's validating. Yeah, it is. Even even the shit posts, honestly. I don't know if, if you're on, like, BPD shit posting <laughs> TikTok, but I was on there for a while. And oh, I'm not. <laughs> BPD shit posting is, it's it's just funny memes about BPD experiences. I find, some people don't see it as such, but I see it as seriously an opposite action to shame. I'm using humor to cope and and act opposite to my shame to minimize it. That's that's how mm-hmm. I see it. And so, you know, people Absolutely. who don't get it, um, I've had to validate myself and be like, well, it's okay. They don't understand, but this works for me. And it doesn't mean that I'm doing anything bad. I'm not romanticizing my struggles. I'm not romanticizing my disorder. I'm not perpetuating stigma. I'm just making jokes and trying to eliminate my shame. And this is how I do it. Uh-huh. And other people also yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And some people won't. And that's fine. And like that, I think, is like level six validation of like, I'm talking about my lived experience the way I want to talk about it. And for some people, that's going to hit. And for other people, it isn't. And that's all positive because it's just putting it out there and being myself, not fragilizing others, not fragilizing myself. Just being real and respecting myself and my experience, whatever it is. Yeah. Respecting myself and my experience and just showing up authentically. It's, it's something to build. When I started off doing that stuff on TikTok, I had to build that. I was like, I don't know how to be authentic. I don't know how to do this. Yeah. I was going to say, I actually think that is another huge reason to get more comfortable and skillful at practicing self-validation. Like the more that we can respect and validate our internal experiences, the more we can actually learn to appreciate and respect and love ourselves. 
Like we cannot know who we are and who we want to be in this world if we're constantly self-invalidating and like masking or hiding or performing or pretending. Like all of that's self-invalidating. Yeah, self-invalidation is something that people don't talk about a lot, but it is it's dismissing yourself because you've internalized this invalidation that you've experienced. You like for me, I just felt for the longest time like this shell of a person and I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when my yeah. psychologist taught me what it felt like in general to just be validated, and I took that on and learned how to do that for myself. Like things got a lot easier. You know, I, I started calling it like emotion, like wayfaring, where if I'm like, I'm even validating my emotions now. If I'm feeling an emotion that's really difficult, we're going to do some wayfaring and we're going to validate the emotion and my experience with it and go from there. And things get easier. Love that. Things get easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely do. I do think folks who struggle with quiet PPD are like more likely to self-invalidate in some ways. Like they're kind of like used to the masking and the hiding. And so like I can like self-validation is so huge for anybody and certainly huge for BPD and folks who struggle with BPD. But folks who feel like they struggle with quiet BPD, I think it's even more like relevant. You nailed it. And that's especially why I wanted to talk to Mm -hmm. you because... Yeah, um, for a long time, you know, I I direct a lot of, like, shame toward myself. I have a lot of internalized shame. Right. I have a lot of, not currently anymore, I've worked through a good chunk. I'm proud of myself for that. But, like, for the longest time, I struggled with a lot of, like, unhelpful guilt um, and internalized shame that was really feeding this, like, self-talk of, like, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to feel this way. I have no mm-hmm. right I, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I need to be more chill. Why do I even feel this way? It makes no sense. Why am I so bothered by this? Right? Like these constant boom, 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 like thoughts circling around of me shaming myself before anyone else can. Before, mm-hmm. Like if people aren't even doing it, like people could be, I could be in a room full of people that want me there and I would go home and be like, oh my God, everyone was talking about me and I was such a fool. And like, I uh, mm. cannot even believe I shouldn't have even gone. It was stuff like that, right? And I'm in a lot mm-hmm. better place. Mm-hmm. I've worked through a lot of that. But after speaking with a lot of people with who relate to quiet BPD, that's a very common experience among us is oh God, yeah. it's like internalized shame narrative. You have to like fight it with like reframed thoughts, right? Yeah. And I I think that's why I said the last thing I said too, because like shame is so sticky and shame is like fear of judgment and fear of rejection. And fear is so powerful in the human brain and body. Like, because we, we focus on fear and we learn from fear so intensely because of survival and shame is like survival mode of like, we need groups to survive, at least historically. Well, and today, social support. But it's so hard to to unstick. Like, I, like even that's the biggest thing I continue to work on of just the internalized shame and the messaging from our culture of 
things being wrong with us constantly that are not actually wrong. Like they're perfectly fine and normal. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Shame, man. We're doing our best. We are doing our best. <sighs> Maybe what I feel pulled to say based on kind of the most recent stuff we're talking about is just reiterating the ways that validation and self-validation are skills. And if you grew up in a family or a culture or a situation where you were not validated, either really by intimate others about your emotions or maybe on a large scale of being invalidated in your identity, like uh, as like a queer person or something like that, you were modeled and taught self-invalidation. And you've probably been self-invalidating for years, if not decades, right? So it can be very hard to do this and not saying it's easy. And it's still so important. And like, I can personally say, and it sounds like you can personally say, Avery, on like the other side, you see, it's true (laughs) that like everything makes sense, that everything about me is okay, that my emotions and my experiences, my identities, myself is valid. It just is. And when we can find that through self-validation and validating others, like encouraging others to be themselves, we build like more resilience, more closeness, just like, you know, more authentic, beautiful relationships and experiences. I love that so much. Yeah. Kiki, thank you so much for chatting with me. Um, and if you ever want to come back and chat about literally anything DBT or anything else, feel free. You, oh, can, have, you can have two moments. Love that. There's no rules. We can have you back. I'm thrilled to have a whole interview with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was awesome. I'm glad it could finally happen. Amazing. I hope that if this was helpful for you, share it with someone you love. Add this to a playlist for later. Uh, go check out Kiki's book in the show notes. Hmm? Super good idea. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a nice rating and a review too, if you're extra amazing. I'd love to hear how I'm doing. Maybe some validation, you know? (laughs) Wherever you are on your recovery journey, I'm really glad that you're here with me. So keep going and thanks for listening.